Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Hey everyone, this is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. You are listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Each week I'm joined by an NFL beat reporter who breaks down one of the biggest games on the NFL slate. Here for week nine, we're honored to have Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys podcast. Please follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He's going to come on and talk about the huge game on Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Titans. Both the Cowboys and Titans coming off a bye week. Both of them looking to make a playoff push now. Both teams came in with high expectations this year, not only for fantasy football, but in their regular season record. And they've sort of underperformed at this point. So the Cowboys fired their offensive coordinator. Now they have Amari Cooper. Tennessee finally healthy right now. And so someone's going to be trending in the right direction and headed towards a playoff spot. And the other team, of course, is going to be in trouble. Both teams here are two games behind the lead in their respective divisions. So this is a huge, huge game. It was great to have Marcus talk to us. He talked to us about the emergence of the Cowboys. Cowboys defense and how much that has played a role here and why they still think they have playoff aspirations. We talked about the impact potentially of Amari Cooper and what he can do to this Cowboys offense as well. 
and we talked about why if Dak Prescott is just allowed to run a little bit more, he could be a fantasy football league winner for owners here as they go for that title. After the interview, I'll take a few minutes to recap what Marcus discussed and use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive deeper into the game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Please go to rotoviz.com to check out the site and be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. For this big game on Monday Night Football, the Cowboys are five and a half point favorite and have a minus 109 money line with a fairly low 40.5 over under on the game. So the Cowboys start actually as a six and a half point favorite. It's been bet down to five and a half here, but they're still the favorites at home coming off a bye against the Titans. So let's go hear what Marcus has to say. Please welcome to the show Marcus Mosier, host of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He always gives us great insight. He joined us for week one of the Fantasy Football Beat to preview the Raiders-Rams game. And now he returns to talk about the big Monday night football Dallas Cowboys-Tennessee Titans battle. Marcus, thanks so much for joining us today. How you doing? Doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Well, a lot of changes in Cowboys land during the uh, bye week here. New offensive line coach, Amari Cooper's on the team now. I'm sort of getting the feeling that the Cowboys are priming themselves for a run at the division title and at a minimum a playoff berth. Am I right on that? Uh, they would like to think that. I mean, that every move that they've made over the last several weeks tells you that they have no plans on tanking. They they want to try to make a run here in the NFC East, but uh, I'm not sure how realistic it is, but that's the plan. I've noticed, of course, you talked about the defense. I remember when you came on, you did the team preview series with us for the Cowboys earlier in August, and I asked you for something that you, you would see that you didn't think the public would expect, and the first thing you said was the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you were spot on. Dallas is first in the league in total yards allowed this year. They're third in passing yards allowed per game, ninth in rushing yards allowed, only 19 sacks and two interceptions. But overall, this is a very good defense. And the thing is, I think it has a chance to be even better in the second half of the season. Uh, you know, obviously they had an injury to Sean Lee. That kind of set them back some. Chidobi Awuzie, their star outside corner, has been dealing with an ankle injury. And then they really haven't got any production from that right defensive end spot. So as well as they've played in the first half of the season, assuming they don't get any more big injuries, I think they have another step they can go up. You know, you talked about the injuries, and coming into this game, there's a couple questions. The Titans had right guard Josh Klein. He came out in the fourth quarter of their Week 7 game with an undisclosed injury. Uh, he didn't practice when the team returned on Tuesday, so we're not sure his status. Uh, safety Kenny Vaccaro sustained a dislocated elbow in Week 4. He's been out now, but it seems like he's back in drills. He may be able to play on Monday night for the Cowboys. Of course, there was some rest. They did not practice Wednesday, and uh, that gives defensive end uh, Randy Gregory time to rest a little little bit following the knee surgery last week. Tavon Austin's not going to play with the groin. Looks like he could be out long term. You can fill us in on that. And of course, Dak Prescott got beat up pretty well in Washington. So just your thoughts on the injuries coming into this game and what you're hearing here for the game on Monday night. Yeah, so for the Cowboys side, I don't expect Randy Gregory or tight end Jeff Swaim to play. Swaim uh, got an MCL injury uh, against Washington. So I think you're going to see a little bit more Blake Jarwin, maybe some more Rico Gathers. Uh, 
Zach Martin did not practice on Thursday. I expect him to play. Uh, this is a guy that's never missed a game in his career. Um, they're they're pretty healthy for the most part. Now they're missing a couple, you know, key guys like Swaim and Tavon Austin. But considering we're going into Week Nine and they don't have any major injuries, they're pretty good heading into this one. You know, I'm a Rico Gathers fan here, Marcus. Not we all are. How can you not be? Right. Yeah, I remember you putting out on Twitter, uh, you know, free Rico Gathers, all that stuff. I, I cover college basketball also, so I know about his potential. Is there a chance now with the injury that he could take a more prominent role? I mean, we, we're waiting, right? We're waiting for this. Sure. I mean, I think this is his chance, right? No Swaim. Uh, Blake Jarwin is, is I'm just not a very good football player. And then they have Dalton Schultz, the fourth-round pick, who uh, was an, a healthy scratch most of the time. So this is Rico's chance. Now, uh, I'm hoping the bye week allowed him to uh, kind of study up on the playbook. Uh, over the last couple of games, they've been literally having to tell him what to do on the certain plays that he's in because he doesn't know the plays. Um, but could you see a potential uptick in target? I think it's possible. I'm not counting on it, but I think you could see him maybe get a, a couple, uh, you know, red zone targets over the next couple of weeks. You know, this Cowboys offense, it, it could be ready to take off here. Amari Cooper, certainly very polarizing fantasy player, right? Uh, one way or the yeah. other. He was with the Raiders. He got traded to the Cowboys first round pick. Of course, this is a guy who was a pro bowler, is still very young. Uh, the Cowboys offense with Ezekiel Elliott, most people don't realize this. Todd Gurley, of course, leading the NFL, 800 rushing yards, 4.7 yards per carry. Ezekiel Elliott, 619 yards, also 4.7 yards per carry. He's just not getting as many attempts there because the Cowboys offense is stalling. So uh, talk about this moving forward. I think Zeke is really ready to have a big second half here and also about the impact of Cooper coming over on this offense. So, the, excuse me, the move to Cooper is either going to do one or two things. It's either going to open up Ezekiel Elliott and, and move back some of those safeties who are crowding the box, or it's going to allow Amari Cooper to toast one-on-one coverage. I, I don't care what you think of Amari Cooper. He's already by far the best receiver on this team. Definitely. He can beat, he can beat single coverage if you allow him to. So if, if teams decide to continue to load up in the box, Amari Cooper should kill some of these quarterbacks that they're going to play over the next couple of weeks. Um, I, I just wrote a piece for Fansight on how I think Amari Cooper has a chance to unlock the Cowboys offense. Now, when I mean unlock, I, I'm not saying to be a top five offense or anything, but could they, right now they're at like 28th in points per game, 25th in yards could they move up to 15? I think so, and if they they can get that far with their defense, I think, you know, they could go on a little bit of a run, but it's all going to be up to how quickly Amari Cooper can fit into this offense. Yeah, and the other key is Dak Prescott. You know, I was down on Prescott earlier this year, but my respect for him has grown. He is finding a way to grind it out there without really a ton of, of offensive weapons. I feel like every other game here, and hopefully Cooper will change this, somebody else was stepping up. Cole Beasley had a big game a couple a couple weeks ago. He hit Tavon Austin there on that bomb down the sideline to open the game a few weeks ago. I, I talk about Dak Prescott. He's He gets a bad rap, I think, because he's really gutted it out in a, a less-than-ideal circumstance, and I think with his rushing ability, the run pass option, and now a new toy at the receiver role, I think he can be very good in this second half. Yeah, so 
so far for this season, it's been a tale of two halves for Dak Prescott. In the first three games of the season, uh, he failed to eclipse 170 passing yards. Uh, his passer rating was in the 70s. Uh, really, really struggled. Now, over the last four games, uh, Prescott has eight touchdowns and just two interceptions. Uh, he's averaged about 250 total yards per game, completion percentage of about 63%. He's playing like the quarterback that we saw during his rookie year, if you just include the last four games. Uh, I, I think he's been up and down this season. I, you know, one of the things that's not being talked about is he's dealing with a pretty significant ankle injury that he suffered in week, I believe it was week two. Um, and he's been kind of gutting it out through it. So uh, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. They fired their offensive line coach because they haven't been able to keep Prescott upright. Um, I think he's trending upward, um, but we're going to have to see what he looks like over the next, you know, nine games. I, I have I have more confidence now that he's going to be able to thrive now that he has a true number one on the outside. But uh, you mentioned it. He, he's about as tough as he gets from the quarterback's uh, position. So uh, kudos to Prescott. And still sitting at fourth among all quarterbacks with 236 rushing yards and the two rushing touchdowns. Well, I don't know why they don't do that more. I, I yeah. don't, it, he's one of these guys that when he runs early in games, it kind of settles him down. Almost like a Brett Favre or Ben Roethlisberger who need to be hit early in games before they kind of you know release some of those butterflies. Prescott's like that when you, he, he carries the ball. Get you know, get him out in the open field, let him take a couple hits, and all of a sudden you'll see him start to become more comfortable as a passer. So I'm, I'm hoping that's something we see more in the second half of the season. I agree. Can only open things up. Cooper one-on-one, Zeke getting pounded there with that offensive line, and, and Dak running. Now all of a sudden there's a lot of options on that offense. This is a Tennessee team that is also solid on defense. They're ninth in passing yards allowed per game, but they're 19th in rushing yards. So sort of a, a solid defense, but there's holes there. I would certainly think the game plan, Marcus, would be a heavy dose of Zeke Elliott moving forward. Uh, that's the game plan for every single Cowboy game. You're going you're gonna to see Zeke get somewhere between 20 and 30 touches, and if it goes their way, it's going to be closer to 30. So uh, I, I think you can expect to see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. He's another guy that has been dealing with a, a knee injury, an ankle injury. The bye week probably came at a good time for Zeke. You can expect to see a ton of him on Monday night. And this Tennessee offense, it's been an interesting Tennessee team. You know, we heard from the players. We're not giving them any respect early on. They had the win over Jacksonville. But it's not a team that jumps out here and you sit there and say that this is, you know, one of the top teams in the NFL. Mariota's there. Corey Davis has been frenetic like a heart rate monitor up and down. The running back situation, Deion Lewis has flashed. Derrick Henry got a touchdown the other game in uh, in England. What do you think about this offense? How do you think the Cowboys are going to scheme to to try to stop this this offense, which is really unpredictable at times? Well, the frustrating thing about Tennessee is they clearly have talent. That's not the issue. Um, I mean, they've got Marcus Mariota, who we've seen be productive before. You mentioned the two running backs. They have Corey Davis uh, and Taewon Taylor at receiver, so they have talent. But to me, just kind of an outsider watching it, it just seems clunky. Uh, it seems like the pieces don't always fit together. Uh, you know, the the parts don't always equal. You know, the sum. Um, so, from a cowboy standpoint. I think the Cowboys should be able to limit their points. Uh, as long as they can, you know, not give up big plays, I think they should be able to hold Tennessee under 20 points. But 
Listen, Monday Night Football, weird things happen in those kind of games. Uh, sometimes you'll see you know, players step up, and sometimes you'll see uh, guys kind of wilt in the, the lights of Monday Night Football. But I do think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I would expect it to be you know, around the 17-20 mark uh, for both teams. You know, and it's interesting. The Vegas line here was six points. It's now down to five. Over-under is low. I agree with you. So uh, give me an official prediction here. We appreciate a few minutes, Marcus. Big game on Monday night. You have the Titans and the Cowboys, both two games back in their division. They're trying to make a move for the playoffs here. Cowboys coming off a bye. Tennessee as well. Where do you think they're at? How do you think it ends up? Low-scoring game, but is it going to be a comfortable game or, or a real close one? Oh, it's going to be a close game. I don't have any doubt about that. These are two not very good teams, I think. Uh, they're both teams that can keep the, the game low, you know, low scoring, uh, but neither of them are going to blow each other out. At least that's my opinion. Uh, for the Cowboys, I think this is a big game for the coaching staff. They just fired Paul Alexander, their offensive line coach. Uh, their offense has really struggled over the last few weeks. Um, if they come out and you know, lay an egg on Monday, Monday night football, I think you can see changes, and I think Cowboy fans want to see those changes, uh, and that's why it's not going to happen. So I'm going to predict the Cowboys win this game. We'll say 20-17, to 17, uh, a pretty ugly, run-heavy game uh, in Dallas. Yeah, that sounds good. Usually a change gives some sort of energy boost, and combine that with Monday Night Football and being home, I agree with you on that. It should be a loud crowd. It should be a loud yes. one there. I would expect that. Definitely, as they get ready for a second-half push. I agree. Folks, Marcus Mosier, host of Locked On Cowboys podcast. Please follow him. His great follow on Twitter, at Marcus underscore Mosier. Thanks so much for a few minutes here, Marcus. We'll be watching Monday night, and I think these are two teams. Somebody's coming out of here heading in the right direction, and somebody's heading in the wrong direction. So it's really a huge game on Monday night. Yeah. Anytime, Mike. Thanks for having me on. We thank Marcus Mosier, the host of Locked On Cowboys podcast, for joining us here on the Fantasy Football Beat. In just a moment, I'm going to dive deeper in what we discussed using some of the many apps on rotoviz.com. But just a quick reminder, you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show, answering all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $6 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce the high-quality, industry-leading programming that you have come to expect. Please remember Rotoviz Radio on Patreon. We thank Marcus Mosier of the Locked On Cowboys podcast for joining us here to preview the huge Monday night football game between the Cowboys and the Titans. From a fantasy football perspective, this is really a battle of an underachieving group fantasy-wise. Start with the Titans. Marcus Mariota, myself included, was really pegged as sort of a late-round QB that was going to bounce back. We heard about the proficiency in the red zone. He did finally throw an interception this year in the red zone, but he has not gotten to that level. They had the coaching changes as well, and the offense really hasn't clicked as we thought. Rashard Matthews is gone. Taewon Taylor, I thought, would be much better. Corey Davis has been up and down. He's had some big weeks and some not-so-big weeks. And Deion Lewis's presence... It's very polarizing. I was a Derrick Henry guy. A lot of people like Deion Lewis. It feels like Deion Lewis's presence has made both Derrick Henry fantasy owners and Deion Lewis fantasy owners not very happy. So it seems like the game script has sort of been sort of back and forth, and both of those guys, certainly Henry especially, have underachieved. 
Now, if you go to the Cowboys, a lot of people talked about Alan Hearns being able to really step forward this year, especially because he was going to be the main target guy. Alan Hearns never really was a high target guy ever in his career, so maybe it was foolish for us to think that he would be. We just thought there was going to be a wide receiver who would get the majority of targets, especially with no tight end of consequence, but it hasn't happened. The offensive line with, of course, the center Frederick out for the year with Gillian Beret, so it hasn't been a full unit. It hasn't really been able to run as the Cowboys have wanted with Pound, Zeke Elliott over and over again, but now with the arrival of Amari Cooper, who has also disappointed from a fantasy perspective with this time with the Raiders, we're looking at Dak and Zeke and and Amari Cooper possibly finally getting to the level where we think they can. And I told you about Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott can be a league winner. So if we take a look at Dak Prescott's splits over his first three seasons here in the NFL starting quarterback, he has started 39 games, played and started 39 games. He has averaged 20.86 fantasy points per game. He's averaged 214.9 passing yards. 1.36 1.36 passing touchdowns, 0.54 interceptions. So that's a little bit less than a 3 to 1 ratio, which is solid. He's averaged 22 rushing yards, 22.4 rushing yards per game, and 0.36 rushing touchdowns. But if we take the game splits app and we use what Marcus said, which is the fact that Dak has to run when he runs early in games, he gets settled down and he performs better. If we try to see if that's true, use the game splits app here, Rotobus, it is true. There have been 12 games since Dak Prescott has entered the league where he has had 30 or more rushing yards, 12 games. In those games, he's averaging 24.3 fantasy points per game, only 19.3 when he does not. He actually throws less interceptions, 0.5 to 0.56 when he rushes for 30 or more yards, and his rushing touchdowns go way up from 0.67 to 0.22, which of course tells you that we're skewed here with the Dak rushing touchdowns because they usually come when he rushes a lot. He has the ability to get long rushes in there for touchdowns, so... His rushing does settle things down, and the Cowboys have to do that. They are so limited offensively, and I think the reason that they traded for Amari Cooper is they realize that they have a strong defense. They have a defense that can actually get them deep in the playoffs, and they need an offense that's going to match it. Now, Dak is getting beaten up behind the offensive line. Marcus said, of course, they changed offensive line coaches. But if he's healthy and had a chance to rest off a bye, I expect him on Monday night to run a lot. I think we will see him run all over the place on Tennessee. I don't think they'll be able to stop it, and I think that will open up a lot of other things for the Cowboys offense. You know, the other key player for the Cowboys in this game and rest of season is going to be Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is one of the most polarizing players in all of fantasy football. This year, week one, one reception, nine total yards. Week two, 10 receptions, 116 yards. So Cooper owners who loved him there for the sheer volume. I did as well, especially week uh, in round three where he was drafted. After week one, disappointed. After week two, no, no, we're back on track. Week three, two catches, 17 yards. Miserable. Week four, eight catches, 128 yards and a a touchdown. Again, we're thinking this has turned the corner. And then one catch, 10 yards against the Chargers. So, And then, of course, the Seattle game, which was the miserable one, zero reception, zero receiving yards. It's the game he got injured in. But going back to the game splits app, his addition to this offense gives them a weapon that could really open up things for for Dak Prescott. Now, you probably would think that any quarterback – who threw for over 250 passing yards would have better stats than when they don't. That goes without saying. But Dak Prescott averages over eight more 
fantasy points per game from the quarterback position when he throws over 250 yards. In fact, in the games he's thrown over 250 yards, he's averaged 285 yards per game, and he's thrown 1.7 passing touchdowns and .2 interceptions. That's worth noting because there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that when I plug these stats into the Rotobiz apps, and I look at it, the more they throw the ball, the more interceptions they throw. Or the more passing yards they have, the more the team is probably losing, so their stats aren't good. Prescott's go up, and that shows how efficient he is. He doesn't run a lot in those games, only 17 rushing yards, but still .4 rushing touchdowns. So Dak Prescott's stats are greatly influenced by his passing yards because he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He's going to make good decisions with the ball, and you always have those rushing yards to fall back on. So if Dak can go over 250 passing yards, we're talking about it. The 285 passing yards, 1.7 touchdowns, 0.2 interception game, and that's going to equate to roughly 26.5 fantasy points. So Amari Cooper's arrival could not come soon enough here for Dak Prescott. Next person I'll take a closer look at is Marcus Mariota. Now, we've talked a lot about the Cowboys, but the Tennessee Titans have been just as frustrating to own here. So could Mariota possibly be a league winner here for the second half of the season? Well, if I use the game-level similarity projection app here on Rotoviz, it gives me a nice projection here in quartile ranges for how we think Mariota is going to do. His 25% quartile, his Q1, is 8.47 fantasy points. Now, that's exceptionally low. But there are going to be a few games where he's going to really struggle against this Cowboy defense. This similarity app looks at quarterbacks with historic stats, the type of players that have the similar stats that Mariota has this year, going against defenses, similar defenses that are at the stature right now of the Cowboys defense. And in those games, the median, the quartile two, was 12.47 fantasy points. That is certainly not a lot. Upper quartile, 7.89. So more than likely, of course, you don't have Marcus Mariota right now. And if you do, you're not starting him. Uh, the comparables here are great, though. Vince Young, Kyle Bowler, amazing. Rob Johnson and Dak Prescott himself, in fact, on how these quarterbacks will perform. But he's on the road here against a tough defense on Monday night. And so Marcus Mariota, again, the weapons are there for Mariota, especially with Deion Lewis out of the backfield. But it's really been incredible. The Titans offensive line, which was so good two years ago with DeMarco Murray, so good with getting those openings with him and Derrick Henry so they can they can run and get your fantasy points there, have been terrible last year and not good this year. And that's really a point of attack, which is causing a drop-off in a lot of this production. And it's going to affect the wide receivers as well. Corey Davis is his wide receiver one. And if you look at his quartile here with PPR formats. 6.57 fantasy points would be his lowest quartile. 9.3 would be his median and 12.23 would be his third. He's definitely skewed left. He is a guy who's probably not going to produce against this tough defense. His comparables on this app are are not favorable here for Corey Davis. Chester Rogers, Nelson Aguilar, Kimbrell Tompkins, Mohamed Sanu. He has not had a great season and certainly he's a guy that has to get going here. If Mariota gets better, Davis will get better and vice versa. But he is not somebody you can count on on a week-in, week-out basis. The one who seems the most consistent for the Titans that you can trust here on the Monday night game would be Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis has a quartile 1 of 4.23. That's a low end, but his quartile 2 is 8.69. His quartile 3 is 14.43. Him catching those balls out of the backfield really makes a big difference. When they were over in London, he really had some great moves and got free. Derrick Henry, who has looked so explosive at times in the past, strong, 
bruising back. I tell you, I was turned off by them not giving him the ball at the goal line in London. If you're not going to give Derrick Henry the ball on fourth and goal with under 10 seconds left or 20 seconds left at the one-yard line, if you're not giving it it to him there, you're never giving him the ball. So certainly you're not playing Henry. I think, Lewis, you could start as a flex if you wanted because certainly they're going to have to move the ball. I think they're going to be behind in this game. I think the Cowboys are going to play very well. And if that's the case, you're going to see Lewis a lot coming out of the backfield. So a six-catch game for Deion Lewis, maybe even six to eight is not not out of the question here on Monday Night Football. All right, so now it's prediction time. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus the five and a half. I think this is a big game for Dallas. I think it's a get right game. I like when there's changes at coaching positions. I think teams, when they're coming off a bye, they make a change and they're home really get some some added incentive. The, the stadium is going to be rocking, like Marcus said. I think they're going to easily cover the five and a half. I'm actually going to take the over over the 40 and a half. I understand that he thinks it's going to be a, a tight game. I don't. I think the Cowboys are going to be able to score here. Tennessee may even get some things going late. So I'm going to take over on the 40 and a half and, of course, the money line on the Cowboys. So I think it's a big celebration for the Cowboys on Monday night. I think that they're going to be able to get their offense going here. I think Cooper's going to have a nice breakout game. So if you have him on your fantasy team, definitely start him. I think his floor is a wide receiver three, and I think it could be as much as a wide receiver one here on Monday night football. So that's going to do it for week nine of the fantasy football beat. Again, thanks to our guest, Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys. You can follow me on Twitter, folks. I'm Mike Randall. I'll be back again next week with a new beat reporter, previewing a new team here and breaking things down using these great suite of apps at Rotoviz. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion.